0: ralph macchio got done filming the karate kid then he shot a guy hey i'm Derek, and i'm jordan this is the story of how he beat that with his cousin vinnie played by joe pesci <laughs> he absolutely beat that case with the help of a little knowledge about grits which is almost my favorite turnabout like if this were a phoenix right Thing this would be. Could you imagine that guy going? You have like the moment where they get all disheveled on the screen. He goes, "Oh!" and it makes that really weird banging noise. Like, well, like I, I was thinking to myself the whole time watching this movie. I'm like, you know, would this be better if they just had the the Phoenix Wright OST playing in the background? <laughs> It'd be pretty good. <laughs> all right, so we've got my cousin Vinny came out in March 13 of 92. Uh, Starring Joe Pesci, Ralph Macchio, Marissa Tomei, Mitchell Winfield, Lane Smith, Bruce McGill, and Fred Gwynn. Uh, Apparently this was Fred Gwynn's last movie. Yes. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. He died like pretty shortly after, didn't he? That's crazy. He was such a weird actor. He was so cool. He He had a very uh, unique face. Yeah, and he's, so, (laughs) Fred Gwynn really is only famous for one role other than this one, and that's uh, Herman Munster from The Oh no, he was famous before that. The Glenn Brothers stuff? Yeah, dude, he had he did a ton. Feel free to add me. So like where is it? I'm trying to find it. So he uh he actually did Shakespeare in New York for like a long a long time and like the fifties. You, you, you can't see it, but I'm making my surprise face. He is making a surprise face. So he's six foot five. Yes, which <laughs> which shows in the film, especially contrasted against Joe Pesci. Yeah. So like, uh, he was in Car 54. Where are you? Which was very, very popular back in its time. Uh, not so much now. I don't think we've ever remade it. Not that we should, because we should really fucking stop that. But I would, I would have been, I would have been unopposed. To making it uh so yeah his his big one was the Monsters. he played Herman Munster but the, he had a couple of shows like way well were the Monsters before or after Car 54 it was after not by long though damn he went from one to the other so there was 60 episodes of Car 54 from 61 to 63 and then in 64 after having done like a whole bunch of single shots he went into the Monsters for seven there were only 70 episodes of the Monsters. I feel like there should have. I feel like there's a lot more than that, but I guess I've never really gone back and watched the monsters. So, yeah, not on my not on my rotation. I don't know. It's it's like the Adams family. Like they're probably the the American they family. Are, they are in fact practically inverses of each other. Yeah, because one of them is actually about working class family of monsters, and the other one is about humans. And I say that in quotation marks because we don't really know that are like old blood money and like. You know, live in their own house, detached from everything else. Yeah, but like, they have. I like that the Adams family has better proprietary over sort of the American story. They bet they have the better. I feel like the Adams family has the better parents, and maybe the Munsters has better. Like, maybe has the better like everything family. else. Yeah, yeah maybe. family. All They're right, so yeah, we are. They definitely have the cooler car. Oh, absolutely! Are you kidding me? The monster. We are. So far off of Joe <laughs> Pesci right now. All right, so this was Joe Pesci era, nineteen ninety two. So he had already he had already done Goodfellas. Goodfellas. He was already Leo Getz in Lethal Weapon two. He had already done. He was in Raging Bull. I always yeah. forget he was in Raging Bull. So, I always forget Lethal Weapon exists until somebody reminds okay, me of it. Okay, 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 okay. Leo Getz, such a service. Leo and that, like, and that's the thing, is, like, and I always forget how much I love the first Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapons 1 and 2 are really, really good, and then it gets, it's, the cop buddy thing goes awry after that. Uh, so My Cousin Vinny's in 92. Wait, he had done Home Alone. Yep. He was in Home Alone before My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> what a wild night. Yeah, the 90s were weird. Yeah, they really were. So he was on, yeah, so Goodfellas was in '90. JFK was in ninety one. That's like what a range! Like what? Dude, I, what the dude goes from Home Alone to my cousin Vinny to do, JFK. Well, I was gonna say no Goodfellas to Home Alone. Yeah, Goodfellas to Home like, Alone is JFK to my cousin Vinny. Like that's a the man. I don't want to say he had quite like a range, but that no, that's kind of a range. That's a <sighs> that's a big swing. So I'm not gonna say like. He's always Joe Pesci, with very rare exception. Like, JFK, he was very, very different. And then, like... When did Casino come out? The mid-90s. That was 95, I want to say. 95, see. yeah. Woo-hoo! So, like, he mostly played the same person in a lot of these movies. Yeah, he really... I mean, he's like, always kind of playing a similar character. Yeah. And I think, really, the only exception is, like, JFK, because he was playing, like, a historical I mean, character. But I mean, that's still I mean, weird. We really to kind me. of think about it. He is... More or less playing the same person, like, has a lot of the same personality as maybe like his role in Goodfellas here. It's just in this, he's a good guy. Yeah. Could you imagine that, like, he goes from the wet bandit to back to Brooklyn to get his law degree and then he goes <laughs> to defend Ralph Macchia? I'd like, like what? to imagine he actually survived that hit in the mafia. Yes. And then he became the wet bandit. Like, yeah, yeah. He became the wet bandit on the, <laughs> the lamp. <laughs> yeah. The only way he and could have he survived, finally, and then he finally put, got his, his act, his act together, yeah. and got his law degree. What a what a crazy, yeah. So like Joe, this is Joe Pesci is never bad, but there are moments where Joe Pesci is but not he's, great. He's always Joe Pesci. Yeah, he is always Joe Pesci. And my cousin Vinny is like, if you're going to watch a movie with Joe Pesci in it, this is probably it. You've already seen Home Alone and probably Goodfellas. And Goodfellas, honestly, I like Goodfellas better than Godfather. Like, I think Goodfellas, moment for to, moment, is a I'd better have to watch movie. both movies again to tell you. Although, Goodfellas, it's I always. Goodfellas, though, <coughs> the individual scenes, I probably remember a lot more versus the individual lines in Goodfather. Goodfather? 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 No, now I've got them. Godfellas? Godfellas. So, the, the deal about The Godfather is that cinem- cinematically, it is a better movie. Like, it is, it is just written better, it is, the cinematography in the movie is better, the sound direction is better, it's just got a significantly higher budget to do that high... I will, I will also say this, I think, <clears throat> look, everybody loves Marlon Brando, yeah. but Marlon Brando's a piece of shit. Yeah, he did, he did kind of ran himself out. I, like, everybody, everybody loves him in, <clears throat> in The Godfather, but you know what? Godfather 2's the better one. Wow. Are you fighting The Godfather like that? Robert De Niro is the better... <laughs> my boy. <laughs> Look what they've done to my, my boy. boy. <laughs> so, uh, Joe Pesci is... Uh, so, well, let's let's get the movie. So, it comes out in 95. It's directed by Jonathan Lynn. 92. 92. We also find out that Jonathan Lynn, and we found this out... I was today years old when I found this out. Jonathan Lynn also directed Clue several years prior. That's right. Clue... The movie where Tim Curry runs a lot. The Tim, Yeah, the movie where Tim Curry spends 14 minutes of the movie rapidly running around and explaining things if you watch all of the endings at the same time. Uh, so it happens in 92. Ralph Macchio is in it. Uh, him and whoever is, is, I guess it's pretty insinuated that his buddy's Jewish. I mean, he's got a Jewish last Yeah, movie, well, right? he's also sort of got that, like, the the sort of the attitude that they were portraying back in the early nineties as Jewish. Yeah which is kind a little He's kinda of got a weird stereotype. Yeah there. which I'm not Or Ralph Macio I guess is kind the of the whole like, yeah, American New York asshole. I got a I got a lawyer in the family? Ma, I gotta call like I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely get it. Like when he calls his mom to tell her that he's got a she they need a lawyer and he's like Ma Ma no Ma we didn't do it. Ma! No, listen, they're tricking it. Ma, (laughs) like, I get it. What what does he say? He He said, they're all inbred down here. They're all asleep with their sisters. And then Ralph Macchio kind of, like, looks up to the entire police office looking at them. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, some of them do. Like, (laughs) and I was like, he's right. Like, this isn't one of those Hannibal Buress moments, because, like, if this were real life, they would have (laughs) just beat that man within an inch of his life. But, like, he's right. They do. Yeah, this some is... me, yeah, Some do, excuse me, some do. So, yeah, they get Ralph Macchio's character and his friend are, like, down in Alabama, I guess, on vacation or something. They get accepted into UCLA, and they're like, let's drive there like two absolute fucking morons. Well, I don't know how expensive flying was in the early 90s. I was a child, so... I was like I, I mean, six like, when this movie came out. I was gonna say out. I don't know if it's that they're morons, but it was kind of like, uh, like, yeah, like I'm having. They, to, they were driving. They were driving to go to college, but not to. Were they going to college? I think they were going. Somewhere? I think they were driving to campus to like huh. check it out because they got accepted, and I think they were going up beforehand. Hold on, I have this thing in front of me. They had just gotten scholarships to UCLA. Okay, and that is uh, that was the University of California Los Angeles. So like. Why in Alabama? I ten, like I sort of get it. Although you could, there's a there's a series of interstates you could take across the northwest that would have gotten you there significantly faster. Like Route sixty six, literally taking the scenic route. Yeah, know. I don't know, but like Route sixty six literally cuts that half of the country in half. Yeah. So, but anyway, they um, through some very poor trip planning, they end up in Alabama of all yeah. places, which. Derek posits to me, "Well, what if Alabama burned to the ground? What value would we lose?" And then he looked at me as though I had an answer for this question. And we sat in silence for a couple of moments. And I just go, "Good." And he was very disappointed I didn't have a defense for Alabama for some reason. You seemed very taken aback by that. I was really just trying to get a rise out of you, and then you, didn't you have got you a good it. Response: I just did. What, what am I going to, like, oh no, Alabama Alabama burned down. Huh? Yeah, I mean, there's Florida where I live, so that one can't burn yeah, down. Yeah, like, <clears throat> one. Jo- Georgia has, uh, Georgia really just surprised me this past election, so they're good. Yeah, I mean, listen, no, but the, the joke is always, at least we're not Alabama. Yeah. So, like, I get it. Like, even in Arkansas, the joke is, at least we're not Alabama. Probably. And when you're 48th out of 50, and you got to go, at least we're not Alabama, that's the problem. 48th out of 50 what? Mmm, geography. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, uh, they're driving to Alabama. They stop at a convenience store. This is why I subconsciously... Oh, I'm outing myself here and I'm totally about this. Alright, so remember when they were in the convenience store and they're arguing over cans of beans and the one kid's like, no, no, it's like two cents cheaper, let's get this one. I automatically keyed him in as Jewish and I don't know why. I mean, I know why, but... <laughs> I am a little outing myself here, and it's cool, but that's wild. Like, I don't, I di- hadn't even thought about it. And then, like, what did he say? What did he say when they got the one can of beans? He's like, I don't, Ralph Macchio's like, I don't recognize that brand. Because what's, what, maybe it's the penny's the, the difference. He goes, it's just the hype for the advertising. And they're like, how can you do that if nobody knows what the brand is? <laughs> and then Ralph Macchio goes, what are the generics? And he's like, these are their generics. Oh, man. I'll get the tuna. <laughs> well, I'll get the tuna. So, Ralph Macchio grabs a can of tuna. Sticks it in his And he can't, like, hold everything in his arms, so he jams it in his coat pocket. Also, rolling back, I do not... <laughs> I feel a little dirty having made that realization subconsciously. So, like, I do just want to say, don't do that. That's fucked up. But, <laughs> now that we've done it, like... Uh, now I, like, uh, on top of the rest of the movie, now it sort of clockworked in my head. Like, I know why that, the, why it was portrayed that way. So, alright, we did it. We got there. What a wild time. Racism's alive and well, folks. And I accidentally did it. Uh, alright, so, he has a can of tuna, he puts it in his jacket, they go up to the counter, and in the moment that I, I felt really in my heart, the man, he orders a large slushie, The man fills a slushy cup halfway full and hands it to him. And Ralph Machigo goes, hey, you think you could fill that up for me? And I died. (laughs) Because you used to not be able to use the machines. They used to have them behind the counters. And, like, it would happen. You'd get, like, 70% of a Slurpee. And you're like, Mitch, I'll come across this counter. Like I may be six, but that stuff's like a dollar fifty. Like that was a lot of money back then. That was a lot of money. When that was a six. lot. Yeah, like what well, was a lot of money? in... Uh, I was six in ninety two, so it was a lot of well, money. I'm sure a slurpee wasn't also a dollar fifty in ninety two. I'm sure there's there's some amount of inflation that has occurred <laughs> in my head. Yes, but can of beans was only forty cents. I know, dude. I wish. Well, okay. Can of beans is only twice that amount in the year twenty twenty one. I would know. I ate too many beans. <laughs> <laughs> this man's eating beans. So, uh, they they pay, they leave, whatever. And they later down... They get their them, car, drive yeah, off. Yeah, they get their car, which is this cool little what is a Skylark? A car it's that has 64. never been made since. Yeah. 64 so it's a Skylark. it's a Buick Skylark which is a uh, convertible. So it's got sort of a rag top. And, um, they just drive off. And then the cop shows up and he pulls them over. And they're like, are you really going to arrest me for shoplifting a can of tuna? Except those words never get said, and if those words had gotten said at any point in the first minute, four seconds of that conversation, yeah, that, this misunderstanding might not have happened. Basically, they get <clears throat> taken to the court. They get taken to the police. Ralph Macchio's like not understanding what's going on, and accidentally it, incurs accidentally, himself. Yeah, confesses yeah. in quotations to so the unbe- police. unbeknownst to them the the chop guy they had just talked to who he made refill his Slurpee, which now is an act of vindication. Uh, because I know why that man got shot, because he was jipping people on Slurpees. So, anyway. So, yeah, that guy is found dead. He's he's found dead and with, like, gunshot only, wounds. And they're the only suspects, and pretty much the, and, you know... Well, because they, they got caught driving out of town. Yeah. So, like, that's just how it works. And accidentally self-incriminated. Yeah, well... The cops never once were like, Hey, you were here under suspicion also, of X or well, Y. I th- so I think they probably should have known better when the one cop that pulls them over, like has his shotgun, shotgun out, like, yeah. Ready to go. No, you've never been through Alabama. That's that's not I've been through Alabama, but yeah. I've never been pulled over. Yeah, dude, no, that's that's legit. I, I my broken tail light was because of a cop in Alabama. Like I understand it. I get it, to a point. At least we're not in Alabama. At least are not in Alabama. So, uh, Hi to everybody watching from Alabama. All one of you. All none of you. Probably. Tell Ma I'll be home for dinner. I mean my sister, excuse me. Oh no. Chicken ah. and grits. Ah. Chicken and grits. Jeez, Jewish jokes, incest jokes, he's got them all, people. I do, well, no, I mean, it's more of a southern redneck mentality with the, the incest, but, you know. <laughs> uh, for all the people that are living in trailer parks and are really mad at me right now listening to this podcast... You're welcome. Tell your friends. Tell, also tell your friends. <laughs> uh, so they're incriminated. He because what did he? He said it was the stupidest non-comedic comedic reaction ever. They're like, he's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to interrogate this boy who shot the code. He goes, I shot the clerk. And you're like, that's not how anybody responds to that line of statements. Ever. Well, no, I, I love the, I love Machio's reaction because he's like, wait. And then he, like, stands up and he's like, wait, I did what? Yeah, like, but he has to say, I shot the clerk, like, three times before that. So it's just, like, it doesn't look good in the sense of law. But, like, but, but in context. The, like, yeah, if you had been, if, the, the, if the, the sheriff had been looking at him for 30 seconds, like, you would have been, like, oh, this guy's confused. <laughs> like, visibly confused. Um, so then it's, like, okay, well, we need to get a lawyer. Hold on. Let me call my cousin. I gotta call Ma. And she goes, we have a cousin. In the, we, have a, we have a fucking lawyer in the family. And then Joe <laughs> Pesci and Marissa Tomei show up. And Alabama right. was never the same. Right. Beecham County, Alabama was riding never the in, same. Riding in on their... Oh, what kind of car did they have? Oh, I don't even remember. It was it was a beat up yeah, it was junker beat up. of a convertible. But they, they drive up in like... <laughs> the first thing they do is like stop in town it's, it's, that's they're... not even Joe the first shot of Joe Pesci is getting out in cowboy boots <laughs> and you're just you like you they don't like my cowboy boots no because like Marissa Tomei has done up to the nines like the whole movie like she is dressed to kill, quite literally. Every minute she's say, in the it's shop. like it's like she's in a different Madonna dress in, every, every time. Every very shop. like I described like, it, it is very Gloria Stefan. Like okay. she she like has like that sort day, of Vogue yeah. kind of thing. Every day on. she's in a different outfit, and they are all bangers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. Although that backless rose print leotard thing with legs was... That like, really could have only existed at one point in time. Oh, absolutely. Like, the early 90s was it. Like, you will never see that shit ever again, because we were embarrassed for a good reason. <laughs> you should have. Although, on Marissa Tomei, no, I'm I all Because like, she had those, like, the almost, like, the half-knee-high boots with the heels on them. She's clicking around the hunting cabin. I'm like, you know, on anybody else, I probably would have been offended by the print on this, this outfit, but... Marissa Tomei Marissa's at twenty eight is yeah. Marissa Tomei at twenty eight is the same as Aunt May at fifty five. Like they're great. <laughs> Are you dating Happy? <laughs> Mom, no, we're just friends. Happy was very upset about that. <laughs> so uh, that was a Spider Man joke for you guys. So uh, they show up, they start, I guess, interacting with the locals. Yeah. So a guy runs up and he goes, "Yeah, you got mud in the tire," and everybody goes. And he's like, What are you talking about? And they sort of foreshadow like a little bit of Marissa I will Tome say, being right, like Yeah, right away. The movie does a great job, and this is something that I was really feeling on the rewatch of everything that happens in it from a screenplay perspective is foreshadowed perfectly. Is, like set up yeah. and then later paid off. Like there's not a wasted line of dialogue. There's there's yeah, there's no real freight ends. Like everything is done very specifically and for a reason. And and most of the time the payoffs are pretty good too. Like the grits the grits turned about (laughs) was like so good. So they go into town, they go he goes to the lawyer, he's in like you know, he's he's your regular Italian American from Brooklyn. So he's in his gold chain and his in his dark jeans and his dark shirt and his leather jacket. Yeah. Uh, So he goes to meet the judge, he gets accepted as a lawyer, which by the way, you don't have to do, you just have to, you can be your own lawyer and you can accept anybody as a lawyer as long as they can portray themselves as understanding at least the basic functions of law. Like, there are exceptions to that because it has gone poorly in some cases where somebody's like, I'll defend myself, and they go, I don't know any of this shit. Like, most of the time that ends very, very poorly. But, like, them looking like, oh, he has to be a registered lawyer or whatever, like, none of that shit matters. Now, granted, <laughs> the big the big thing is this movie is like a like a fish out of water story. Yeah, that's that's the that's the context because you have the you have these New Yorkers interacting with this very sleepy like small the clay town, of the New West, of the South of the South. It's a more recent, less racist Blazing Saddles. If you really want to look at it, like it really is. Like it's the same parallel. It's the same story. You've got a guy that comes into town that does not fit here. One of is these does not do have thing. Mongo. It is the worst. That's movie true. Ever one of, yeah, one of these does not have Mongo. We <laughs> had Herman Munster, but we did not have Mongo. <laughs> who do you think was taller? I think it was. I think it was Herman Monster, but Mongo was a pretty big dude. I'd right? have to I'd have to figure out how I tall that guy was. So uh, <laughs> he introduces himself to the judge. You start meeting like some of the tertiary characters. Uh, yeah, you meet the prosecutor. You have you the the best, you have one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever. So the two boys, the jail had just gotten condemned. So they move them to the local state penitentiary. And the one, the one kid, the Jewish kid, the entire time he goes, I don't want to get raped. I don't want that to happen. That's what you got to do in prison. That's what they do in prison and the whole time. They're setting this up and they're setting this up and they're setting this up. And then Joe Pesci comes in, gets let in by a guard, and goes, oh, hey, good, I've been looking for you. And Ralph Macchio is, like, napping, yeah. which is a very good setup for this. And they keep having this, like, double talk conversation where Joe Pesci is trying to convince this guy that, like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the guy who's going to be your lawyer without ever saying that. He's just sort of using colloquialisms and, and, like, little slang, and the guy the entire time is like, this guy's here to prison rape me. And the whole conversation dances around it until the very end, and it's one of my favorite interactions in a movie ever. The whole dialogue is fantastic. And then Brad Machio wakes up and he's like, Hey! My It is so good. God. That whole scene is so good. And so. And it's just double entendres for like. like four minutes? Like four or five oh, like minutes. two minutes. Like, it's a long conversation. It's a scene. long conversation. And it's so good because the kid just keeps getting more and more distraught. <laughs> like, it just. Hey, gets, sit down, sit down. Come yeah, back. sit down, sit down. He Relax. goes, he's like, so I, we can either do this one way or the other way. He goes, well, I can hang the alternatives, you know, suicide, I'll die. And he's just like, I didn't get here, I didn't come down here to get jerked off. He goes, all right, listen, I'm not jerking you. <laughs> Just the whole. If you've never seen it, you have to watch it. Uh, so that that happens, he establishes himself in the eyes of the court. They go have. Uh, they go get a, a a motel, which is in the worst part of town. That's by like I would. I will contest that because there the pig factory. Because there are multiple worst places in town. Yeah, that that's, one was next to a sawmill. The first one was next to the a sawmill. sawmill. That's, that's right. right. The second one was next to a pig farm. The uh-huh. third one was next to the railroad tracks. No, the, the railroad tracks was at the second one too. It was at the pig farm. One? Yeah, that's a double. The last one was the uh, the screech owl, which was making a noise that a screech owl does not make. And yeah. then they slept in their car. And then, good old like you do. Well, and then Joe Pesci got himself <laughs> <laughs> or held contempt in court. So he could go sleep in the prison, which was apparently nicer. Than I know it was. They were having a riot at the time, and he slept like a baby. So uh, <clears throat> the, the the most of the cast is pretty much established at this point. They do the arraignment. Uh, he gets held in contempt because, like, he tries to explain that you know, hey, this is a misunderstanding. And the judge is like, that's not how this He's works. like, those are not how these words are supposed to go. And he's like, if I hear any other word besides not guilty or guilty, you're going to, you're in contempt of court. And he gets held in contempt. He spends the night in jail like four times. Well, he gets, he gets his, no, he gets his bail paid most of yeah, the time. Yeah, but he ends up spending more time in jail than, you know. And the <laughs> one are, time he goes, he goes. He does goes ride with the boys. <laughs> yeah, he rides with the boys like three times. The which first is, time literally whistling Dixie. Yes. <laughs> the Whistle and Dixie was a great moment. <laughs> like it's such a there. There are so many like very subtle, like great scenes in this movie. Like Whistle and Dixie was good when Marissa Tomei reads the law thing and the, like explains disclosure to him and like sharing they can't information. Surprise you? Yeah. Like you're just like so you. you he has to by law. Like so she's uh, she's a big gearhead, Like all of her family are lawyer or, uh, mechanics and shit. Which they tend to establish with her, like, very, very quickly. And I don't know how much of this movie we want to spoil, now that I think about it. Uh, It is a more than 25-year-old movie. It is, but I think... Almost 30 years old. I think there is a little bit of magic watching it for the first time, if you haven't seen it. Especially, we shouldn't have spoiled all the the best jokes. Well, there's a lot coming. Just half of it. Yeah, so... I will say, so... Yeah, the really and really <clears throat> describing the rest of the movie I wouldn't think is very satisfying. No, and well the the cool thing about the rest of the movie is this is where it really gets into the legal procedure. And my cousin Vinny, uh, the guy that directed it, is literally a lawyer. He got a law degree from Cambridge University, so I guess he knows a couple he of things. He knows a thing or two. He knows a, a tour thing. He also knows that communism was just a red herring. <laughs> communism kill he was killed by communism. Uh God, I can't wait for the voice disco Elysium to come out. I'm super excited about that. That's in like a month. I'm so hyped about this. Anyway, back on back on topic. So back on really topic. Really the rest of the plot is This it's, it's the case. How do they how did they how do they get how does he defend him to this case while the eponymous cousin Vinny does not seem to actually know very much about law when he starts. Yeah, he he's, to he's kind of BS his way through. Yeah, gets he, into misunderstanding. Him and Marissa Tomei kind of like learn law on the fly, the as it were, around yeah. Alabama. And like they, they, the legal proceeding for it is actually really cool because like you learn like, hey, this is this, this this is generally what a lawyer has to. do. You question witnesses, you cross examine them, you get quotes from them, and then you sort of figure out a way because like the trick really isn't to like. Prove that a witness is outright lying, although that helps. You just want to prove that they are probably not a, as reliable a witness as the person who called them originally could do. Like yeah. you want to you want to put their information in. And, and that's kind of the big strength of uh, Vinny. Of although a stuff. couple of them through complete accident or hearsay or I was in a restaurant that told me how to make grits. <laughs> well, it's like the. The way he's able to kind of draw people into making his arguments for them. Yeah. Him. They would, his, his, uh, so we were, we were actually reading a little bit of this on Wikipedia. Um, apparently there are a lot of, uh, law procedural papers written about like how good a cross examination trial lawyer he actually portrayed. Like it's. He's not good at any other part of the job. Though. Yeah. No, he's really awful at pretty much everything else in the job. But like his actual, like, go and get him was really good. Because he he totally like there's a lot of theatrics, but he manages yes. to like you know <laughs> when he totally... shows up in the the t- when he shows up in the felt red tuxedo <laughs> with the with the bow tie, <laughs> which you'll see and you will lose it. He just it, it is clownish. <laughs> it is one hundred. It is. My it is got covered in mud, so... I, I wore this to only, make you happy. Your only soup store had everybody out with the flu. flu, because so, apparently the store has the flu. The whole store. Like, oh, man. Like, there, there's so many cool things about, like, sort of the juxtaposition between... Because, like, the entire time Marissa Tomei is like, I bet they don't even have a Chinese restaurant here. And in 92, that was a real thing. Like, there were tons of places you could not get Chinese food at, because they were just... They didn't have them. Like, do you know how many Chinese restaurants I went to as a kid? Like, maybe three over the course of, like, the first decade of me living. I believe it. Because, like, there are some places in, like, Arkansas or Texas or Louisiana that, like, it just hadn't made it there yet. Mm -hmm. Which, if you think, like... I feel like it's, like, living here in Florida. I feel like Fort Myers... (coughs) Fort Myers kind of has an issue with, like... There are certain cuisines that are, like, a problem here. Like, Mexican food isn't great here. It's, like, edible here. (laughs) And, but, like, it is it is kind of that kind of culture thing. Like, I'd never had Cuban food before I moved down here, and Cuban food is that awesome. Yeah. Like, Puerto Rican feud, like, food feud. The Puerto food. Rican feud of 1992. Like, there's, there's a lot of things to be said, because it, it is not only just a fish out of water, you get to see that sort of culture shock subtext, where, like, people have certain expectations of things. There's and, this, there's this, a lot of and not just from a legal standpoint where there's this whole, like, polite respectfulness that you kind of have to have as a lawyer. Like, yeah. the whole system is built on this kind of respect that you're supposed to well, bring to it. You're, uh, unlike most other things in modern time, like, legal procedures are supposed to be acted upon in some amount of good faith. You are supposed to at least have some trust in the system. Well, that doesn't count. They voted. Well, <laughs> that's not how a trial works. But anyway, but here in, but um, the other thing is that it's the culture clash <coughs> of like the deep South. Oh yeah, versus Brooklyn. Versus Brooklyn. <clears throat> <coughs> circa ninety two, where while things were, you know, it's it, one thing that interest that interested me is, you know, you don't really get on kind of like the integration aspect no. like of the post of the post sixties seventies South. Why would you? I don't know. I think it's I think it might be an interesting thing to kind of like compare to like New York that's more oh. of like a Well, I mean these the studies have been done. Like areas that are more diverse tend to evolve more rapidly as far as culture and accessibility and stuff like that goes. Because like I mean, good God, you, Florida doesn't even have a Whataburger. I guess there's one in Gainesville, but it's not a real one. Or is it Jacksonville? Somewhere. I don't know. People tell me but there's one in it. it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't believe them. But like that's, Florida's still here in caveman times. Yeah, well, I mean, the difference between Florida is, and yogurt is yogurt has culture, so, you know. <laughs> um, but it the, the juxtaposition between I mean, the, the two pieces the are really, really cool. It really works. <clears throat> Well, it, it really shined in this because they also, like, they pose it that way very deliberately, not only through the cinematography, but, like, the interactions. Mm-hmm. Like, the interactions are really like, what sells it. Uh, like, uh, one one detail that I like is that Marissa Tomei and Joe Pesci's character can't ever get a good night of sleep because <laughs> it's, like, between the, the sounds nearby being, like, oh, it's just what everybody's used to. Yeah. And, <laughs> like... And also deliberate, uh, not deliberate, but like you know, just comedic. Like, like Joe Pesci walking out we, of the hunting we, cabin and firing trip? a gun into the air was was a pretty good scene. That. that <laughs> and then the owl. <laughs> I forgot just, he did that. The owl just goes back to blame, it. Blame, blame. Yeah, he just walks out and empties a revolver into the air. Or I guess into the front and, you know, yard. That's actually the fun thing about the movie. At least, I think... It's got a couple of really solid, like, surprise it's gags. It's got some really good slapstick jokes. Like... It's got a couple. And the slapstick like, isn't, like... And you know, like, this had to have been a pretty cheap movie to make other than oh the actors. God, yeah. But, like, at the same time, they make a lot... They get a lot of mileage out of it. They have, um... The way I always like about this movie that it totally portrays the justice system as being mostly in good faith.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: In addition to all the procedural stuff, as opposed to, like, as opposed to making it seem very scummy. Well, I mean, they do a really good job of, like, treating the justice system as an adult. Yeah. uh, Under the age of 18. Uh, (laughs) That's a good joke. Uh, But was it? Yeah, I liked it. It was pretty good. All right. I, I won't be judged. All right. Oh I'm on I fire! Know. I'm on finger gunning! I'm finger gunning the shit out of Derek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm dead now. The man the man is dead, he'll never see his family again. Yeah, Jordan went blam blam blam. Uh, yeah, I, and then I started blasting. Is that is <laughs> is that Jordan? He's got a gun. <laughs> so, um there's there's a lot you can really sort of like intone from the movie. Like there are a lot of really subtle things. Like yeah, it's the culture clash. Yeah. Like the fish out of water, you have the culture clash. The uh, the law proceedings are considered very accurate, which is funny compared to like you know a few good men or uh, yeah, most like, other like yeah. most other film depictions of law. Yeah, like the especially only... in that you have it tracked over multiple days, weeks. Yeah, of like just waiting and like. <laughs> yeah like it, it's honestly like it's it's better than watching a law and order episode as far as how cohesive it is although would this movie be better if they did edit in the chunks? Chunk Chunk Chunk? yeah every time like it changes scene i, would. I still want the phoenix right noise when somebody falls apart and then the music speeds up <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like imagine if that imagine if that kicked in oh. like right <clears throat> right during when marisa tomei was brought on the scene. i know so, uh, the, the movie I'm has... I was say the movie could also be improved by having Miles Edgeworth as the prosecutor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's <laughs> just like your old, I'm, j- I am but a poor, cool, poor country boy. I am but a poor Kentucky lawyer. I'm just a simple country lawyer. I'm just a simple country chicken. <laughs> that's a family guy joke. Okay, so... No, that's me. actually a, that's actually a Futurama joke. That's also a Futurama joke, yes. They have done that joke to death pretty much across the board how about a poor country chicken uh, there's like having not watched it for a while and having just watched it in its entirety like there's a lot to the movie like it's it's surprisingly depthy it's a very so And most of the comedy is very dry and then it's mostly well dialogue. yeah i wrote it yeah <laughs> or directed it excuse yeah. me it's very dry, mostly on the wit of the characters and how they Which interact they with each other. Nail every yeah. interaction is great, and as we learned from Clue, the director has a very good penchant for sort of capturing the reaction shot from actors. So, like they use it only a handful of times, really, but every time they use it, it's really, really and good. The movie has a lot of great close-ups. And yeah. This is <clears throat> uh, another another interesting camera trick they do a lot is they have a lot of Dutch angle shots. Oh, like the the, the cock eye? Camera, yeah, and uh, and the, 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 the tilted shots. They do it a lot early on, and then they do it less as the movie yeah. goes on. Because like the prison scenes are done in Dutch up until Pesci shows up, and I think it's to like sort of convey the weirdness S- of it. I guess the, like, yeah. highlight the the seriousness of the severity. Yeah. There's and like um, Dutch angles are just weird. Like it's hard to pull those off and still. Like let me take you seriously, mm-hmm. and the, you know, it, it never really gets too slapsticky. This isn't Dumb and Dumber. Or no, anything. it's got like two slapstick moments in the entire movie, other than like the wake up scenes. Because the wake up scenes are just kind of torture, but they're good. They're they're like, not they're really like, slapstick I was gonna per say, se. They're a lot. They're like right out of a Looney Tunes. <coughs> they really are. There's a couple jokes in this that are like straight out of a Looney. Tunes. Oh yeah, and that's and that's the thing is that it's it's sort of in this weird like realism for most of the movie because it gives you like you know it grounds it in the legal system. Yeah. You have uh you have a reasonable expectation of logic too. Like things things have logical ends here. And then like Joe Pesci flops around like Bugs Bunny in the mud and you're like, "All right." <laughs> it's really not even and again it's really not uh, like again if dumb and dumber would be like the the other end of the scale, it's not it's not really anything on that. No, no, no. It's not It's definitely not as bad as, as like, it may sound we are making it. But it's pretty consistent. (laughs) But, like, the couple of slapstick gags are really good. For the most part, it's just tongue-in-cheek humor. It's just dialogue humor. And a lot of it's really well done. And the Academy thought so, too. Yeah. Giving Marisa Tomei an Oscar. Yeah, Marisa Tomei won an Oscar. So, on Rotten Tomatoes, it holds, like, an 86%. On Metacritic, it's a 68 out of 100? Really? That seems low it does I think it's a very watchable movie and it's like Roger Ebert gave it 2.5 out of 4 stars he declared that despite Machio's co-star billing the actor was given little to do and the th- film seemed to drift until lightning strikes with the courtroom final scenes really? I felt like they were good. Pretty, the Machio thing, that. yeah. But I was enjoying the movie. <clears throat> yeah, like, up to that point. Anyway. Yeah, like the first, the first quarter of the movie is just setting up. Machio is kind of like just the guy no, it's just really set, setting up the situation yeah like like they gave him plenty to do it's just it's not the movie's not He's called not that a, kid from the karate kid it's called my cousin or, Vinny. or rather the kid or rather or like you know they're not they're by no means the main characters it's really all about yeah they're like the set joe pieces pesci. they're more part of the background than they're, they are characters they're, they're the setup you know yeah. it's how does how does joe pesci get him out uh um, wouldn't be exciting if we saw two kids go to jail. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't know if I would consider this a cult classic. Like I think it's always been at least moderately this popular. This is like a city slickers or a, wow. Like uh You want to say that again with a straight face? All right. Are you like you are okay. I, you're going to have to explain the city slicker scale to me because I am now because to me it's like a movie that was big at the time. And well-remembered, but never really, like... But it's not, like, an instant classic. You know what I mean? I don't know. My cousin Vinny was, like, really good, though. Like, I could understand... I have to actually watch City Slickers 2 to better make that point. Yeah. Because City Slickers 2, the quest for Curly's gold, was really bad. I, I didn't see that
1: one. The but search I, for more money.
0: The, the search for more money. That's a bit- we're really getting all the wires crossed in these comedy movies. No, not really. That's, but uh it's all in the same vein. But it's like to me it's like to me, it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's a movie that people like, it's well remembered, but it's it's like not It never received that like jet fuel of popularity that a lot of those break up. Well you can't compare it to like one of the most genre bending the, the, fucking movies in existence. The most, the, or like, Or literally one of the most quotable movies ever written. Yeah, it's like, again, I I really wonder, does this top people's, like, is this, would would this be somebody's, like, favorite comedy of the 90s or anything? Would this be, like... I think it's possible. My Cousin Vinny's a pretty strong contender, especially for the early 90s. Like, there weren't, we weren't writing, comedic blockbusters are far and few between unless you have that lightning in a bottle thing. You're saying you don't like kindergarten cop? Yes. I'm, I'm 100% sad. <laughs> I don't know, what, saying, I don't know why that was the first early 90s comedy. I'm glad ours. that was the one you jumped to. Cause like, like take Dumb and Dumber, for example. If but you Dumb and ask, Dumber was one of those lightning in a bottle things. Like it is, You will never yeah, recreate that movie. No, they tried. They've tried it a couple of times, and it has never know. worked. Tom Green tried to build an entire career off of it, and now Eric Andre is reaping the fruits of his labor. <laughs> And that took twenty-five years, Derek. Oh. <coughs> Recover from that, Eric. i was gonna hand. say Eric Andre, <laughs> Andre.
1: owes his it's entire
0: existence to Tom Green. <laughs> Maybe, but he's also way less annoying than Tom Green. It's the exact same show. If you watch old Tom Green stuff and you watch I mean, Eric Andre stuff, Tom Green no. is way more punctual. The oh yeah, sure, <laughs> I get that. Like I'm, I'm not dis- uh, that's that's not a semantic I'm willing to even. Bother Sweet, thinking about. I win this one. Yeah, like you can have that, but like having, but, We're but that's the watch thing. Pretty got fingered for the never. Oh, hey, seven into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. It's the best movie, the best scene of that entire movie. I will never watch that movie again. Also, Daddy, would you like some sausage? Was
1: entertaining
0: no. in not good ways. <laughs> no. No. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, like some... Oh no. It's good. It's great. Um... Like having having it fresh on my mind and just thought about it. Like I I actually enjoyed my cousin Benny from like zero to fifty, like the whole night. Like I actually enjoyed the movie. Like it was a fun watch. I wasn't like on the edge of my seat or anything, but well, it's not both the kind of you know. Yeah, it well, I haven't seen it in like I haven't seen it in its entirety so it's in probably eight or nine years. So I was thinking about the movie kind of fairly recently because there's this there's this YouTuber Legal Eagle. Yes, love that guy. And he did a video talking about uh, My Cousin Vinny and how it's pretty accurate to the legal yeah. system. And I was like, yeah, that's a really fun movie. I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah. And... What were we... What were I we literally... We were, uh, we were playing D&D <laughs> and we were talking... It was the jail scene. I brought up the jail scene in some context Did you we were say was it was The Two Utes? The Two Utes? That's what it was. <laughs> we were questioning somebody. He we was like, does it the mean The Utes? <laughs> The what? It all comes back to the Utes. It all—it's always the Utes. Uh, You had to do it for the kids, or as Michael Jordan said, "Fuck them kids." (laughs) Uh, It's—it's a good like. Are going to watch Space Jam? (laughs) Never, because (laughs) who—who are we going to make fondly remember Space Jam that doesn't? I don't even fondly remember Space Jam. I don't remember most of Space Jam. I think you lucked out. I was a—I was a literal child. You would have actually been able to see that at the movie theater. I did. When did Space Jam come out? Now you're... Now 97? I'm... You, you're kidding me. Space movie, 1992. That's Space not what I... Movie. That's not what I was looking for. Hey, Gabe, dude, you want to go see the Space, Space movie? movie? 96. Is it 96? Really? I was 10, so I absolutely... I 100% saw that in theaters. 100%. Not even... Not even close. I love the... I, love I had the love, soundtrack, I loved, too. I always loved... Uh, Chuck Jones' reaction to Space Jam. Was it abject horror? It was uh, this it was something like he he objected to the idea that aliens could invade Bugs Bunny's Earth and Bugs Bunny wouldn't find a way to beat him in eight minutes. <laughs> that's that's a fair that's a fair assessment. I, I think that's like the most damning criticism of the movie. What I mean there's only so much you can do. So my cousin Vinny was pretty good. Like and just not looking back upon it fondly, having just seen it. It's not a laugh a minute, but it's definitely It's got quality laughs. Like it's not like something that you're gonna giggle a lot it's at. It's a smart movie. Like no, it's insane. yeah, it's an insanely smart movie, especially for a movie from the fucking ninety two with Joe Pesci. I was in gonna it. say I was gonna say I feel like ninety I feel like the nineties were not like were the most like hit and miss time to be a, like to be movies. Well, yeah, because like you had so many burgeoning like film styles. You Changing, had so many, you know, yeah, adding of CGI to movies. We had so much. The, we had so many genre the end changes. Of, like, giant sets. And yeah, like we, there was so much that went on in like ninety four, ninety five was like a, the a, end being of the era. comedy movies in the nineties wasn't easy. Well, it's just because we were like the '90s were. So the early '90s were. Hey, do you want to be in a funny movie? And the late '90s were. How many action thrillers can we make? Well, like the late. By the time you get what, like '99 is one of the best years for movies. I mean, versus like, like '93 is a pretty bad year for movies. Uh, I I did this with my buddy Jimmy the other day. I'm willing to walk you through this. Movies that came out in 1993, Falling Down, fantastic movie, Dazed and Confused, it's classic, it's not my particular favorite, Gettysburg came out in 1993. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, which one was that? History of Trunks, (laughs) classic, (laughs) absolute classic, Tombstone and Dragon the Bruce Lee Story, both came out in 93. Uh, You had a Bronx Tale come out. You had. What else? What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I don't know if I would call that like. I do like that movie. It's good for weird reasons. I, I, I don't it's watch it. It's a very weird movie. Yeah, that, that whole movie is very bizarre. You had The Pelican Brief, which like, literally exploded uh, Aaron Brockovich and Denzel Washington, except his name, her name's not Aaron Brockovich. It's whoever played Aaron Brockovich. Miss Congeniality you yeah, I mean, man I don't know really oh you're gonna make me click this movie I can hear my wife this. screaming at me Julia Roberts so you've got Indecent Proposal you've got The Firm which was one of Tom Cruise's actual breakout movies post Top Gun and uh, yeah go ahead and, say time... da- go ahead and say Days of Thunder uh, no I was gonna say A Few Good Men no no it's uh, Risky Business Ah, Isn't that his like actual? movie? It might movie? that might be his his real debut movie. You also have uh, one of my favorites, Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> Master Robin, you've grown boobs. Uh, you also have uh, In the Line of Fire, which was probably Clint Eastwood's last great movie. Uh, and then you've that got was after no, and then you've got it's True Still. Romance. I still Which, have pikes of my powers? Uh, oh, shit, yeah, you do. And uh, Letters from Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima. And I guess you can technically consider Gran Torino, Torino a really Yeah, Gran is pretty good. I like the movie. I, I don't know how great it is. It's a pretty really good it. movie. Gran Torino also sort of keys you in into Clint Eastwood being like a wild old school 60s Republican where he still sort of hates brown people. Oh, my God. But at least he didn't yeah, yell at an empty chair for thirty minutes in any of these movies, so I guess it's all cool guess from here out. I guess it's an. I guess it's I, yeah. An, I don't know. What do you? What do you want? Uh, True Romance, which was the Quentin Tarantino flick that he didn't direct but he wrote. If you've never seen True Romance, it's a it's a good thing. Uh, you had Demolition Man and Last Action Hero, nineteen ninety three. I'll fight you if you tell me ninety three was a bad year for movies. We're already. I have already given you a dozen hot bangers all right all right whatever (laughs) rookie of the year carlito's way which is still considered one of pacino's best movies you've got the sandlot the sandlot Derek. oh the sandlot so i married an axe murderer not a good movie mike myers breakout but it does have him playing his scottish grandfather singing if you think i'm sexy and you want my body. Come on, baby, let me know. It's so good. It's absolutely isn't fantastic. It a, that scene. does not sound good. No, it's not good. It's funny, but it's why, not why, good. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yes. You also had Hocus Pocus. Hot take. That's also not a good movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's not a great movie, but it came out. You also have <laughs> Mask of King the Phantasm. Okay, fine. The best Batman movie we've ever gotten. That's fair. Wild, isn't it? All right. Here we go. The Fugitive. Based off of a real story, by the way, which is a wild tale. Schindler's List came out okay, in 93. You want to talk here? more shit, Derek? Yes. And, to top it off, we're back, A Dinosaur Story. Okay, they can keep that one, too. I like that one. Although, then we had, like, Cliffhanger. So, like, Demolition Man was in 93 was the beginning of the end for uh, Sylvester Stallone. He had, like, back-to-back dog shit movies and it was like he was unstoppable in this period of time you also have menace to society which is really good anyway point of the story anyway. is uh cool runnings came out in 93 <laughs> do you want to do you want to be any more wrong there were a lot of big sports movies that year I mean, sports movies were very very popular like you still like like in damn sports movies. the early 90s were like it hot shots part dude which was not nearly as good as the first one. Which was also not a good movie. We've never been able to capture that top secret energy originally. Of, of airplanes? Like. Or top secret. Airplane and top secret are my favorite sort of spoof movies. Genre spoof movies that aren't Blazing Saddles. That aren't Blazing Saddles. How do you beat Blazing Saddles? Anyway, we are really off. I just want to do on recording. Make sure that Derek knew how wrong he was. And to what degree how he oh, was okay. wrong. Because that had to have been rough. To live through a lie like that—that '93 wasn't good for movies. Okay. All right. Were you even born yet? No. What a child! Everyone knows the good movies only started in '94. (laughs) That was the. (laughs) I'll pull it up. I swear to God. (laughs) It's not true at all. This is this is the point in time in moviedom where like things did get weird though. Like '94, '95, '96, where things were really wildly in flux. Like filmography in in the mid '90s, got it was all downhill after Terminator Two. <laughs> For big, when James location. Cameron detonated an actual nuclear warhead, but unbeknownst to the if cast, any of other, if it was any other director, I wouldn't believe it. But it's like my cousin Vinny. Really, I don't want to say it set a standard, but like it's such a wildly different movie than a lot of the comedic takes of like that small era. Like it's such a good movie. <laughs> yeah it like thinking about it it fits a lot it's smart written really there's really nothing else like it which is kind of the crazy right you know like because it at heart it it uses the basic template of a fish out of water story and smashes it with a courtroom drama that happens to be an accurate depiction of a courtroom like it's got so much going for it like it's crazy yeah, it you know, and again for a relatively sedate movie, you know, it's not again, it's not like a dumb and dumber kind of thing where you're getting these like no, absurd it's, it situations. No, it it doesn't have a whole lot of energy to it. It's a pretty like like the 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 like hype needle never really changes too much throughout the whole movie. It's just consistent the whole way through. Like you're never going to laugh out loud except maybe once or twice. But like You'll be kind of giggling. You'll smile pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> like it's just it's it's crazy. It's such a consistent movie. Give me two hundred bucks and I'll kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's God. That was such a good recurring joke that paid off. Oh man, I got stiffed. You got what? Joe Pesci gets on the scene and makes that two hundred dollars work. And then he gets to buy him, and then Marissa Tomei buys him a clown suit. So that all worked out. <laughs> so, um. It's like a clown suit, it's like a it's, bellhop uniform. It's just a. It's a felt. That's what I thought it was in my memory was a. Bellhop outfit? outfit. It was like a literal bellhop outfit. No, it's, it's like, like a fez. It's kind of like a felt like a, ringmaster like a, like a outfit cat, almost. You know? Like he yeah, looks like a, he looks like a stage performer. Like exactly. he looks like a magician almost. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because he does do a card trick in the movie, now that I think about it. I hadn't made those two jumps in my mind at the time, but now I have. That's good. So like my cousin Vinny's pretty good. I think I think pound for pound it is better than a lot of people remember it. And for those of you that have actually seen it, for those of you that haven't, like yeah, we, we only got to like the first 30 minutes of the movie as far as the spoilers went. Like, you've got plenty to get into. Like, it was a pretty good movie. Like, I, it was better watching it than I remembered it being. Let me put it that way. I don't know if it was better watching it than I remember it being, but, you know, it really does hold up. And for a comedy movie, that's a pretty big compliment. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that will... You know, besides the obvious ninetiesness of the film um which in a way like it's got part of the allure to it really like it's a it's a movie out of its own time that doesn't really fail those points like no. it's, it feels like an okay movie later like the cinematography, the dress everything it's not it's not like watching something out of glam rock out of the 70s, you know? Like, it's not so jarring that it just looks It's weird. not so of its time. Yeah, like, it's 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 a product that exists in a particular time, but it's not quite as, like, it just, it, it doesn't shake it's you. It's not dated. Yeah, it's, it really there's holds really, up. And there's really no, it's funny, there really isn't any, like, you know, again, it's very easy, like, comedy ages as a general rule faster than any other genre. Oh, God, yeah. And there's really nothing in this movie that's aged poorly. No, like, and I, no think, I yeah, think I think the big it. deal was like they didn't try to rely Prison on. Rape like, maybe aside, but that was still such a good scene. But it's all double on, on uh, Yeah, double. the whole thing yeah. is and the whole thing is just a miscommunication that turns and into it's double just on comedy. Yeah, it's just a very good miscommunication. Yeah, it's it's just it cer straight turns into double speak at the word go, and it's so good. Uh, and I, I think a big benefit of the movie existing the way it does is like it doesn't try to capture the time period so specifically that, like, you couldn't watch it 40 or 50 years down the line and not understand it. Mm-hmm. Like, unless the South well, just magically the, stops being the South. That's because the law system is also a dinosaur. Right? Yeah, I mean, we we, we have... There are, there are issues. But, <clears throat> for the most part, like, it does a really good job of, like... Not capturing 90s energy, but kind of encapsulating what good comedy was. Is there was. anything more early 90s than Marissa Tomei in, a, in that weird flower leotard? Dude, day. I don't know, but I'm in about a pink it. pink Polaroid camera. The pink Polaroid camera that's the size of a small purse. <laughs> God. She still had to go get her film developed. Yeah. She yeah, it wasn't even like a. It wasn't even like. It wasn't an even an yeah, they, yeah. They well, I mean, they barely existed. They weren't like they were. They were there. They weren't just reliable. No, though. they weren't. Everybody, nobody like people didn't really have them. I mean, we you did. They were just expensive, like everything else during the time. But now you can get one for the low low price of hundred and ten dollars with a question mark? <laughs> no, probably cheaper than that. But I mean, that progress is destruction. Like that—that's really what it is. Like we've we've turned that entire Kodak industry into nothing. And good on them. If he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. So. uh... Yeah, go watch my cousin Vinny. Yeah, like, I'm 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 actually like pleasantly surprised with how much more I liked the movie than I thought I would. Because like like I said, I haven't seen it in. Nine-ish years, probably a little longer. So, like, two have watched it just now and been like, "Man, that was pretty good." Like, I'm still like, sort of back playing some of the movie in my he's head. Still, he's still buzzed about it. I am. Like, I'm not like and we had, we fitted pizza before. Yeah, we before did. We this... had we had pizza between the here between he's the movie and the podcast. My cousin It's mostly Marissa Tomei. She got me all hot and bothered. <laughs> Cause anyway, because I'm uh, quite quite like Keanu Reeves. She hasn't aged. But uh, oh, no, they're both not vampires. Uh, they could do a movie about vampires. Yeah. Rosa and Keanu Reeves vampires, it's a, it's vampires of the new world. <laughs> Nobody take that. I'm trademarking <laughs> that. You can't have that. If somebody beats me to that, I would be very upset. All right, this is two utes signing off. Yeah, we got out with them. Two utes are gonna go ahead and they have, I go to bed. Good night, everyone.